Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their world. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. Navigating generations in the workplace. Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, in studio today with Dr. Lisa Aldesert. She's the president of Pharos Alliance. It's an executive advisory firm specializing in strategic planning, organizational, and leadership development. For more than 35 years, Lisa has offered her clients a unique blend of leadership insight, trend analysis, and financial acumen. She strengthens the connection between CEOs and their management teams, analyzes and enhances organizational dynamics, and assesses areas to improve systems and procedures. Dr. Aldersert, thank you so much for being with us today. It is my great pleasure, Dale. Thank you for having me. So on a previous episode, we learned you have a dog, Bosco, and uh, we might hear Bosco in the background at some point during our conversation. Perfectly fine. Um, but tell Thank us, you. what do you do for what do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? I I, I like to uh, walk and hike, and I'm a big reader. I um, I like to travel. Those are some of the things I like to do. So tell me about the books that you're reading right now or book you're reading right now. You were right the first time. It's books that I'm reading right now because there's always more than one. I'm reading something called The Vanishing Neighbor, um, and it has to do with the changes in communities that we're experiencing. I'm reading Grit by Angela Duckworth, um, who has written, done some very interesting research on how the characteristic of grit uh, has an impact on us, and so those are those are two. I don't I don't read as much in the, you know, the the novel category, but I I do periodically. Fantastic. We'll have to compare notes on grit sometimes. I'm sometime I'm one uh, I'm going through as well. So. Oh, okay, great. Uh, we'll but do we're, that. Today we're talking about this idea of navigating generations in the workplace, and we we hear a lot of discussion about this. Uh, obviously millennials and Gen Xers and baby boomers and the transitions that are taking place. But uh, set the context, set the stage for us for how you're going to lead us uh, through this conversation and your definition of generation and how it applies to our conversation today. Okay, great. Uh, I'm going to start by telling you that the first time the word generation really came up was uh, with Carl Mannheim. famous sociologist who wrote an essay called The Problem of Generations in 1923, as a matter of fact, and that was revised in the 50s. And this is often cited as the first influential attempt to view generations as a sociological phenomenon. And so what he defined generations as was the ability of people organizing over around a collective identity, particularly as they connected to events that occurred in their formative adult years, say your late teens or early 20s, and that generations are then defined by what they shared at a particular point in time. Um, Right now we have generations in the form of there are there are four and a half floating out there, um, starting with the oldest cohort, uh, which you may have heard referred to as the World War II generation, the veterans, um, Tom Brokaw uh, coined the, them the greatest generation, and they're people who were born 
1945 and earlier. Um, the baby boomers who are in their infamy right now, going into retirement, um, who were born between 1946 and 1964. Um, Gen X, uh, between 1965 and 1978, and the Millennials, or Generation Y, um, born from 1979, probably till around the mid-90s. Um, the interesting thing is uh, the generation following the Millennials has not really been defined yet, which is kind of interesting. Um, demographers used to define generations based on a reversal of a birth rate, and that really hasn't happened birth rate is still strong, um, even from the millennials. So you might hear people referring to our youngest uh, people as Gen Z or iGen. Um, I know MTV tried to get them to have their own name that MTV invented through a contest, but it's, it's a little fuzzier of a generation. So when we think about leadership and as we are working to grow our leadership skills, what are some of the benefits and, and uh, why do folks, uh, what, what are the benefits of understanding the generational differences for a leader? Well, it's important because in, in the workplace, as you're leading, you're leading people with different points of view. And the more you can uh, relate to people in terms of their different points of view, the more successful you will be. So going through um, this group, group, these groupings again, um, the veteran generation um, has generational values that are around loyalty and benevolence. Um, the boomers were a combination of tolerance, power and authority, and achievement. You know, everybody thinks the baby boomers are achiever types. Um, Gen X um, is, is characterized by the values of self-direction, also of achievement, and stimulation. You know, they, wanna, they want excitement and, and new things. And the millennials, also uh, characterized by stimulation, uh, self-direction. They are all about doing their own thing. And they're also huge consumers. And that consumerism isn't really a value per se, but it, it has defined who they are. If you don't have clarity about what's going on in your own organization, how are you going to be able to communicate effectively? And so this is really, this is important. Um, we had we had a discussion today, This, sorry Dale, didn't nope. mean to step on your words there, with a group of people and somebody was talking about um, the idea of having getting a brand new watch and after our, our session was over I said you showed your generational difference because you would value having a lovely Rolex watch and the person you were saying this to hasn't owned a watch in his life because he uses his phone. So. It, it's it, we just see things differently based on our our worldview. And I'm thinking about the the impact of culture and the type of culture that a leader is working to develop in an organization. Uh, when you think about the communi the uh, the opportunity and need to communicate across across generations. So how can leaders be more effective in in reaching the various generations? Well, first of all. It's about understanding the differences and the similarities. And so I, I use I, I want to use one example that's kind of fun. It's the whole the whole cat category of work leisure balance. That's a huge topic today and people are always 
talking about how you know they don't have enough time and they need to spend more time with their family and this and that. So let's go. Let's start with the veterans, the or, or the World War II generation. They saw family and work as completely distinct and separate entities, and they would no mad no further think about combining the two than than anybody would. So if they had a, an obligation that was work related, they would do it. Uh, stiff upper lip, no complaining. It just was what it was. Um, and back in their prime time, I might say that they didn't have the technology and the blurring of boundaries between work and home as as much as we do today. So it might have been easier for them to have that separation. But they kept it separate, and they did what they needed to do. The baby boomers would also say that work takes priority, but if they had to do a special project and work over a weekend, they would complain about it, but they would go do it, and they would let everybody know what a great job they did when they thought they were going to be skiing, but instead they're working on this project. Gen X is about having a balance between their work and their family life. They hate it when people tell them that they can't go off and watch their child's soccer game because they're going to be on their phone anyway, but they think it's really important to be at the soccer game. And it's not that the other generations didn't believe in the soccer game. It's that they had work coming first. And as far as the millennials are concerned, if they're going to choose between work and in their personal life, they'll probably choose their personal life. Um, and they'll get their work done, but they see they see the that balance issue as an extremely important issue in their world. So your the approach is different, even though you're going to have generations, multiple generations within most organizations, especially a larger organization. So let's talk a little bit about the balance, the balancing act that is there. Well, the balancing act is that as the leader, you need to know who your audience is. And if you are um, asking them to do something, again, using that the example I gave, um, they, will, they will respond based on their worldview. Um, let me give you another example that might illustrate it further, which is how they view authority. The veterans follow authority. They are hierarchical. They believe in the chain of command. So you can give a veteran, for those who are left in the workplace, they would be older people who are in their, uh, I guess, late 60s, early 70s, probably more in their 70s at this point. You give them something to do, and they're going to follow the authority. Um, I don't know if you saw the film The Intern with Robert De Niro playing the the role of an intern in a high-tech company, but he follows that vein very, very closely. The baby boomer will question authority, but ultimately will follow it. Gen X is skeptical of authority, and with Gen Y or the, or the millennials, the lines are blurred, and they're going to basically ask, well, why should I follow? So if you are giving the message, you will adapt your communication style to show people why you why you need to do why they need to do what you're asking them to do but you need to put it contextually in in a fashion where they are going to understand it from their worldview does that make sense oh absolutely and and now I'm thinking I'm thinking about myself and our listeners who are probably thinking something similar in that 
these are generation uh, generalizations, and I might be a Gen X, but I see myself as a highly millennialized Gen X. So there's a number of things going on there, but that's also important to remember that you just can't lump a group of people into a stereotype. Absolutely. And there's a difference between understanding shared values of a generation versus stereotyping that everybody within that generation acts the same because obviously people are uh, individuals. The, the, the challenge, it really happens as because there are people across the board. This wasn't an issue when the veteran generation was growing up because they were all pretty much of the same of the same um, point of view. Um, it's gotten more complicated in recent years uh, with the addition of the millennials, but uh, you're absolutely right. In fact, one last example of this is a client of mine. Um, it's a husband-wife team that runs a professional services business, and um, they joke about the fact that one of them is a baby boomer and the other is a Gen X, and they're born within three months of each other, and the thing is, there's going to be a spillover effect. You know, there's somebody who's at the end of one generation, the beginning of another. But you'll tend to see characteristics that are the same. And when I work with them, I keep in mind the fact that they're both sort of suspicious. They need to have a little bit of the prove it to me factor when they're taking advice from me. And as a result of that, I just I just adjust how I can how I consult with them in a way so that I am relating to them a little bit closer to their point of view than to my point of view. Fantastic. Dr. Lisa Aldesert, the uh, company is Pharos Alliance. Thank you so much uh, for sharing this uh, tremendous information and keeping our uh, our eyes on, on the goal of being a more complete leader and uh, definitely helpful. We've, we're going to have you back for a future episode of the Complete Leader Podcast, so we look forward to that conversation as well. Listeners. I do as well. Oh, Thank you, great. Dale. Thank you. And uh, listeners, if you would do us a big favor, if this information has been helpful to you, if you would go into uh, iTunes, definitely subscribe to the podcast to hear future episodes, and then leave a rating and a review. We would be most grateful. It makes this information more available to more people through, uh, through iTunes. This is the Complete Leader Podcast. Everything you need to become a high-performing leader. Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org.